Welcome to another episode of the Tromedy Hour, and I am your host this evening, Jonas Barnes. Uh, my co-host, Lauren Petrie, uh, is not on the episode tonight. She is out doing her thing, doing her comedy thing and her thing tonight. So uh, it's just me solo with the guest tonight. And per usual, throw a disclaimer out there with the Tromedy Hour. We do talk about real things with real people, but we are not doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, or anything like that. We're not looking to diagnose anybody, and we're also not looking to give you a cure for any of your things. What we are doing is talking about things that a lot of us go through and a lot of us deal with on a daily basis, and it's all the things that society usually tells us to shut the fuck up about, and we don't like to do that. So we're going to talk about it openly, and we are going to peel back everything on it and uh, really get into the nitty-gritty on these things, and we talk to a lot of artists and uh, a lot of creators and things like that, so... Uh, that's what we do here on the show. Uh, my guest tonight is a good friend of mine. Uh, met her on the internet a long time ago, and uh, we had quite the uh, interesting <laughs> intro to each other. We uh, we got into a fight with each other on somebody's <laughs> Facebook post, per usual, because that's what social media does. Uh, I'm pretty sure that we called each other cunts, and uh, <laughs> then after that, we were like, oh, you know, we might have we might have flown off, flight off on the handle there a little bit. Uh, did the little digital fist bump and it was like all right i think we're cool with each other and then from then on we just were actually really cool with each other and we've talked a lot over the years um she's fantastic she's a comedian she's a writer she's a show producer she's a content creator uh my guest tonight gia cognata how we doing we're doing great <laughs> yeah we do you remember what we thought about i don't i don't remember exactly what it was i think it was on our friend layla's post and it was years ago it was years ago but i do remember that it was like i one of us was talking to her and then the other one jumped into the conversation and it was immediately a fight it was just immediately <laughs> like fuck you fuck you too like that's I'm, gotta I'm love facebook asshole on the internet so like i am not surprised um like, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I'll say whatever the fuck I want to say. And then if you come to me and like DM and you're not threatening to murder me, then I'm like, yeah, it's cool, whatever. But I, I mean, I grew, yeah, that's what <laughs> I we did. Like a, an internet troll. Like I was on like IRC and, uh, just like in these chat rooms and, that's just what I know. <laughs> I, I grew I, up in the, I grew up in the trenches, the like the shittiest parts of the internet when I was growing up. I was like, when people show me stuff on the internet now, they're like, "This is crazy." I was like, "Dude, I grew up on Rotten.com." Okay, like Pain like Olympics. Yeah. Like, do you remember the website Cliff Yablonski hates you? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, like, I do. I still go and visit the archives. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. There was Lemon Party. There was Goatsy. There was so many, like, I, I want to do an art show with, like, the image, the horrifying images, like, that horse fucking video like, oh, yeah. of, the, of the old internet, where it's like, yeah, do you remember that? That guy so opening his butthole. I've seen that photograph so many fucking times. Like, his, he's married. He has a fucking ring on his finger, and his butthole is so big. Just a giant, just giant. Yeah, Goatsy is the one. And that's the funny thing. When I'm on the internet now and I throw out an old school reference of like Goatsy or like one man, one jar or like something like that, you know, and like oh, yeah. somebody 
somebody pops back like oh fucking goatsy ha 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 and i'm like ah you're one of you're one of my people like you remember you remember the dark ages of the internet because now <laughs> like somebody will throw up a link and they're like have you seen meat spin i'm like that's just a dude yeah. spinning his dick around okay like the plane olympics come on like i've seen like a, a automatic lemon grinder in a butthole I've seen the the one guy, one cup. That's horrifying. And I've seen it. So I watch these so many times that I can see details. I'm like, that dude has scars. Like he does this. He puts glass in his butthole and then crushes it. I don't know why. Who knows why? Yeah, it's like, this is his jam. Like, and you know, that's the thing also with the internet. Like that guy, for all we know, is not harming anybody. He's just putting glass in his butt and that's his thing. And I'm just like, uh, how are you the amount of people to... that you gotta, you, you gotta be going to the hospital. You got right. to. How are you not going to the ER every time that you get off? Like you're just like, gotta stick glass in my butt. Gotta go to the ER. Right. And you know that like the ER is totally just like a oh, fuck Jerry's here. Like <laughs> everybody <laughs> get, get the gauze. Everybody get all the gauze. It's <laughs> it's a bad one. <laughs> you tried to, to dodge Jerry and his glass butthole fetish. I can't, I can't even with the hospital. Cause like I'm always there. So I just, I, I try to avoid the hospital there. It's a fucking nightmare. I, I don't want to, I was recently in the hospital several yeah, times. So what were you actually, so what was the most recent hospital thing? Cause I saw like most of the time when you post stuff online, as far as pictures and stuff, it's most of it's your content creation stuff. You don't, there's not often where you see a picture of you pop up that's like you know in the hospital in a fucking er so like that's what yeah I saw but if i am time. in the hospital in the er it's like super sexy we don't know why that is true <laughs> you do make it hot i will say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i was in the hospital i mean like i i went into the hospital in like early april and it was after just like a day of like just being incredibly out of it like i fainted i was like a little bit delusional i had a fever like things were going wrong and like i was having pain in my abdomen and i had a headache like you've never felt in your life like i honestly and i do this i do this all the time not all the time but like when things get really bad like i always like am searching the internet and i think that i have like some sort of brain worm or like my a brain swelling spinal meningitis something fucking crazy so like sure. immediately i'm like i have spinal meningitis or something yeah <laughs> it's, it's it a webmd diagnosis in the car while my friend and my sister are like in the front seat and I haven't told them that I feel as bad as I do like they saw me faint and they were like shit's not going well but I wasn't like I need to go to the ER but like I knew I did at that point sure. I was like I need to go because like my brain feels like it's fucking swelling and so like once we got back to my sister's place I was just like hey if you don't mind can you just drop me off at the ER and like the ER next to her house is legitimately like a fucking dog kennel it is the worst Ooh. no one go to Glendale Memorial in fucking Los Angeles it is the worst hospital I've ever been to and by the way this is the second time that they've tried to kill me I was there one time when they sent me home and they were like, nothing's wrong with you. And then I came back and they're like, just kidding. All your organs are failing. Your, your gallbladder Christ. needs to be removed. I was in the hospital for like 10 days. That time I was like, it's fine. I'm not even going to think about suing you. Cool, whatever. This time I show up and like, <laughs> I'm 
out of my mind in pain. Like I just am fucking, I can't even open my eyes. Like I have photophobia. My, I'm just like desperate to have somebody help me. And my fever is raging and I'm freezing. I'm shivering. And like, they put me outside because they think I have COVID. And I'm just like, I don't have COVID. Okay. I don't have COVID. I think it's my kidneys. I have a history of kidney stones, but they place me outside and then there's no one out there. It's like a fucking triage unit and it's like dead. And so what I decided to do when I was in there was like play dead anytime the security guard came by. So like I'm slumped over like a dead body and he's like, ma'am, ma'am. Cause I'm like, I want a nurse to come out here. I want somebody that's a fucking doctor to talk to me. And I won't respond to him. He does it like three different times within a time span of 15 minutes. And finally like sends out someone like this woman might be dead and I can't go in there and touch her because there are rules against COVID. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so, she might be so dying, said, but listen, the rules say I got to keep my fucking hands to myself. So if she dies. This is on you guys, not me. <laughs> so they send a nurse out and they bring me in and they're doing all this stuff. And they're still like, um, we think you have COVID, even though they've given me a PCR test and, and it doesn't say COVID. Like they give me a chest X-ray. I have no idea why. I, I started to like get upset because I'm like, why are you giving me a chest x-ray? Like when I know that it's probably my kidney and it's not my chest. Okay. It's not my lungs. It's got nothing to do with that. I need you to give me a pelvic x-ray. Like, I don't know what you guys are looking for, but the pain is here and the pain is in my head because I have a fucking raging infection somewhere. Please help me. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm diagnosing right. myself at this point. Like nobody's helping me. They've left me in a room. And anytime the nurse comes in, she keeps taking my sweatshirt and she's like, you have a fever. You can't wear your sweatshirt. And I'm like, I have a fever. Give me some fucking Tylenol. So at this point in the report that they leave, because I retrieve this report at the end, it reads like a DUI, bro. Like beautiful. <laughs> because like, it was very belligerent. <laughs> Yeah, they were like, she's drug seeking. They weren't wrong. I needed some fucking Tylenol bad. Like, and then they gave me a full drug screening. Everything comes back negative because, like, I, the only thing I do is occasionally smoke pot. Like, I'm sober now. So it's just like everything comes back clean. Like, and I, at this point, my head is so fucking bad that I open the door and they've left me in here for three hours. Okay. Without giving me any meds, without giving me any Tylenol, nothing. All they've done is taken a chest x ray at this point. And um, I open the door because it's a self automatic slamming door. And I like, throw this cart in front of it and I place my phone on the cart and it's got I, I went and searched fucking YouTube for like an old World War II alarm <laughs> like oh shit the loudest alarm you can imagine and I just start sounding it <laughs> with the door open into the hallway and like maybe five to ten people came at that point and sure. I was just like I need I want like I mean, you can't imagine the excruciating pain. Like I, my eyes were closed and I'm screaming into nothingness. Like I know there are people there, but I'm just like, I need to talk to an actual fucking doctor. I need to be given medication. I want to talk to patient services. Like I'm being denied care. Cause you guys think I'm a junkie. Cause like, I did look like a party kid. <laughs> like, sure. I, 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 I can see, I can see that. But that wasn't what was happening. And like, I am 39 years old. Like, I know my body. I know what's going on with it. And I know that, like, I probably have a kidney stone. I have a history of them. So, like, they went through it and they were just like, no, they gave me a CT scan. They were like, no, you're wrong. You just have a UTI. Like, and like, you're low on potassium. That's it. Like, you're wrong. They gave me medication and they like sent me out of there. 
even though I wanted to talk to somebody about how I was treated, because they treated me right. like I was a transient. But even if I was, I should have been given care. And like, for sure, that is not what happened. <laughs> even if I was, no, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, even if you're even if you're going wild, that's the thing that like what you're just talking about. Now, we have a hospital here in Brooklyn that is called Woodhull. And it's one of the central, it's one of the central hospitals in Brooklyn. And whenever people have to be taken to the hospital, that place is so fucked up that they're like, take me anywhere but Woodhull. Like, right. even if you have to drive to Manhattan, I don't give a shit. Take me anywhere but Woodhull because Woodhull ends up, there's like an ongoing, uh, I, I'm going to call it a joke, but it's not really funny that they say that it's basically a morgue. Like if you go there, oh they're just going to fucking leave you there and you're not going to get any care. You're probably going to die in the hallways of that hospital. Like it's just a piece of shit place. That's what this hospital is to me. I've had so many bad experiences that I'd rather be dropped off at like a trap house somewhere. I'm like the triage there will be better. <laughs> like, Seriously, the, there's probably a there. fucking medical tent. There's probably a medical tent on Skid Row that would give you better care than this hospital does. It sounds like. <sighs> Dear God. So like I go home, I'm in pain for like three weeks, like in and out. And like my infection doesn't go away. I'd go to my primary care doctor. I'm paying out of pocket for blood tests and all sorts of stuff. Cause I'm like, what is going on? I am still feeling like fucking shit. And so my doctor is like, let's take an x-ray of your abdomen. Let's take an x-ray of your kidneys. And like immediately was like, dog, what's going on? Like you have a massive, like 12 millimeter kidney stone. It's not even like passable blocking your ureter. And like, that's so strange because they gave you a CT scan and in the report that calls me a complete psychopath. Like it says unremarkable, like there's nothing in here. We can't see anything, whatever. And then, so she calls that hospital and talks to the radiologist. The radiologist pulls up the scans and is like, oopsie daisy. We missed not one, but two, one was 10 millimeters and one was 12 millimeters. Neither one would be able to like pass. Like I've just been in complete pain and it, it lands me right back in the hospital. I, I had to have surgery. I was in there for a week. I, that was like two and a half weeks ago okay so that's the one i'm thinking of when i saw you because i saw the picture that you had posted where you were actually in like legitimately in the hospital and that was the one that i had messaged you about where i was like you know feel better soon etc yeah um and that was the one that it was about because i had no idea what the actual issue was but it was one of the first times i'd seen you post a picture that was legitimately like from a hospital bed so it was like, oh, shit, like something's actually going on. You know, I, I felt like at least at that point, it was like, OK, like this is at least semi serious. They're supposed to it this way. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't totally share like my health journey on especially not on like Instagram, because I do most of my content creating there. And it's just like connected to only fans. And I just don't think that there's a lot sexy about being sick so no i mean and honestly even if there is i don't know if you really want to bleed into that fetish market where you no. have like you have the people that are into like medical abnormalities as the thing that gets them off i don't think that's where you want to where you want to start dipping your toes into no and like mostly people are i'm just like oh i'm not feeling well and they're just like great show me your butthole and i'm just like yeah okay you're like <laughs> okay sure i guess like, what <laughs> yeah so this one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you on this is because uh, you are somebody that um, if somebody was to look at just your online persona and see what you do online um, on Instagram, on Facebook, just your interactions with people 
for all intents and purposes from the outside looking in, you would come across as a very confident person, a uh, very comfortable person in their own skin, uh, very, you know, mentally just like absolutely got it going on. Like you, you've got it very much dialed in to your persona online. Like it looks again from the outside looking in and I could not look at it and say this person struggles with, uh, you know, insert thing here whether it's, you know, mental illness or anything like that. Are you somebody oh, that has riddled, are you riddled some, with mental I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, I've talked to you in the past and I feel like this stuff has come up before. So like, uh, let's dig into that. What is, what is one of your bigger things that you think that you've dealt with most of your life? Um, I've suffered from a lot of anxiety. I would say probably um, like a PTSD situation. There was a lot of chaos in my childhood and it wasn't just coming from inside the home. There was a lot of stuff like outside that wasn't even controllable. Like sure. uh, I was taking hot, my whole family, not my dad. My dad's a, a former district attorney and like he was working, but my house when I was a kid, probably around like six, our neighbor held us hostage with like an AK 47 and like shot into our house and stuff. And then like the SWAT team came through and then like carried us out and shit. And it was just like, there's like a lot of weird trauma. Like my yeah. neighbor across the street, there was like a murder suicide. And my mom and I like would go and check on this lady all the time. Cause like, I guess her husband was kind of like a violent guy. I didn't know that I was a kid. But like, I remember walking up to like the house with my mom and like looking in the window and seeing like the wife's feet by the couch and my mom just being like, we have to go. And I'm like, uh, okay. And like my mom called 911. Like, it was just like a lot of weird stuff. Like my mom's a really weird lady too. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that is also like kind of interesting because when it goes back to like, this actually kind of relates to my childhood shit too, because I grew up, my mom is fucking dope but my biological father um was a had massive massive addiction problems when he was still alive and when i was a child we had some we had some hostage situations also um almost all of them revolved around drugs in some fashion um yeah. but definitely some hostage situations to the point where my mom who's like five foot two had to be like, all right, enough of this fucking bullshit. And she would just like walk right into the scenario and be like, do what the fuck you're going to do, but I'm taking my son and we're getting the fuck out of here. Like it, it's that type of thing. But yeah, it, it's stuff that it's a PTSD thing that sticks in my brain, even yeah. through therapy. It's still something that just kind of like sits in the back. And it's like an asshole little ghost. That's just like, I can still come out every now and then. Right. I mean, like I would say, so anxiety. Yeah. That, it, that is definitely something that I've, I've learned to kind of like see the telltale signs and I know what to do for myself when I feel it, you know? Absolutely. Um, and I would say that in therapy, like I'm at the point in therapy where, cause my mom is a real wild card and like, you don't go unscathed when somebody is like altering realities and like telling you to lie about stuff. Like, like your mom shouldn't be telling you to do that shit. Like giving you like tactics on manipulation. Like, I mean, just that's not what you're supposed to be getting. Like sometimes it comes in handy, especially in a traumatic situation. I can read a room really quickly. I know what's going on before other people know what's going on. Like, 
Um, so it does come in handy sometimes, and, but there are triggers for me and then I'll flip out like on someone. <laughs> so like yeah. I try to, um, I try to control that a little bit. Like it does come in handy, but like now I am trying to not do that in my actual life, you know, with, with people that I have interpersonal relationships with. So like, um, a big trigger for me is like making me figure something out and telling me a non-reality when I know that it's another way. And you make me fucking put this puzzle together with like three pieces and I will figure it out. But then I'm mad. Cause I'm like, why do you think I'm fucking stupid? Like, just tell me right. what's going on. Don't make me solve a fucking puzzle. Even though I love puzzles so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, a puzzle can be fun unless it's not one that you chose to fucking put together. You know, if somebody else well, puts that in your face and they're see, treating you like an imbecile. Thing. That's the thing. My therapist says you don't have to put together every puzzle you come across because like sometimes the picture that you're putting together is horrifying and you don't sure. want to see it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so I will do that in relationships where I'm like, Oh, this is a mystery. Like you're hiding a bunch of stuff. I want to find out what it is. And then I put the puzzle <laughs> together and I'm like, Oh my God, it's a disgusting German orgy with like scat and all sorts of, Whoa, what am I looking at? There are dogs involved. And I'm like, Oh, I just um, wish I hadn't put that puzzle together. This was the wrong puzzle to work on. Fuck. <laughs> Curiosity killed the cat. So like, Okay, so in the, my past relationships, it used to be like I was showing up to an exam and I fucking didn't study at all. I'm stunned that we have to take a test. I'm just like, oh, write anything down. What's the fucking first craziest thing that comes into your head? Now, after therapy, like it's like showing up to an exam and I've studied my ass off. I know the right answer and I sit down and I still write down the wrong answer. And it infuriates me like in my life when I know that I'm not supposed to do something, but it's so second nature and especially in triggering situations where I will still do it. And I'll be like fucking disappointed afterwards and be like, I know I'm not supposed to do that anymore. Fuck. Sure. I, I definitely relate to that. Um, uh, I really do. Uh, I really relate with that one. Um, so here's a question for you. How long have you been in active therapy? Um, when I got, I got sick, I had a fibroid and I mean, like I'm still in and out of that. I have one more surgery coming up in May 27th. So, um, I, but I was really, really sick in 2018. Like it was an everyday thing. And I got really depressed, like suicidal depressed. Like, I don't understand why I'm here. I don't understand the point if I am sitting in a bed all day long, like, and not sure. living and being in pain and being miserable, like, you know, I would stare out the window and see thin blonde women pass by and just be like, I bet she has a three day period. Fuck her. Like, <laughs> you know what? Meanwhile, I have like a hell's mouth raging every day for a year. It was like, I, I couldn't keep blood in my body. I was like legitimately dying. I had to have ambulances come. It was just like, the worst time. And I didn't talk about it to really anyone. I tried and in my history of being ill, I just try to like pretend like it's not happening. I'll still go out. I'll still like project that things are cool, but <laughs> like <laughs> physically they are not, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's so, obviously a pain I could never even imagine. Um, you know, thinking about what that would be like, because I mean, I've been obviously in relationships my most of my life uh, with women, and I've seen 
I've seen some partners get some absolutely vicious periods, like to the point yeah. where they'll last, you know, for longer than a day or two, they'll last for a week or more sometimes, but I could not imagine. Um, a year. Yeah. A year. Yeah. yeah. The the yeah. fact that you're still here is absolutely fucking amazing. I couldn't imagine that. I could not even come close well, to like, imagining have to live with that. Fucking dead set. I was like, no, I don't want you to give me a hysterectomy. I just want you to take this thing out. Like, and tell me what's causing it and I'll stop doing that thing. So that's really what propelled me to like put my life together and stop smoking, stop drinking, stop eating sugar. What what the fuck is it? I'll do it. Whatever it is, I'll fucking do it. Like, um, yeah. So what did it end up being? But what was the thing that was like the big focal point on that? All of those things. I don't know. I don't know what worked, but I got, because it's super difficult to go in there when there's such active bleeding and give you surgery. It's hard to see what's in there. You know, it's like making it incredibly complicated. So that first surgery that they did for me in 2018, but it was on my birthday too. And I felt blessed. You know what I mean? I was like, yes, sure. <laughs> So, um, they didn't get the whole thing out. They knew that there was more left in there, but just like the way the surgery works and the way the uterus works is you like fill it up with it because it's on the inside. Like sometimes fibroids can grow on the outside of the uterus, but this was on the inside. So like they fill it up with water and the uterine wall will absorb that water. And once that happens, like you're done, you can't continue your surgery. Like boop, you're done. So, um, there's like a six hour window that you have. And it was super complicated what they were doing. So they just didn't have enough time to get it all out. So I knew I was going to have to go in and have another surgery and have the rest of it out. But now that like I'm regulated, you know, like it's, it's not something that happens every day. Thank God it's back to being like a normal human being. Um, the flow is still kind of crazy. So that's why they're going to go in and take it out. Cause like, I can't keep like I'm so anemic. Like I, I barely have blood in my body <laughs> Sure. when I go in to see like doctors and they like, take my blood and they do the, they run this test. They're just like mind blown that I can operate at this low of a level, but my body's just acclimated to it. I am super tired. You know what I mean? Like I, sure. but other than like slight little things, like my body just keeps going, man. <laughs> So, you know, I have, I have a background in my family in medicine, in the medical industry. My mom's been um, actively in the medical industry for 30 plus years now. So I have so much random, like side knowledge of medical shit. And Mm -hmm. like, to the point where sometimes I'll get a pain in my body and like, sometimes I'll be like, okay, that's in a weird organ area. Like, so I, that one I should pay attention to, but sometimes I'll be like, Oh, you know what? I I ate too much sugar and fat together. And I bet I have a gallstone. Like, just like I can tell just by like the pain of where it's at and stuff. But the thing you were just describing, like with, especially with the anemic aspect of it, like that type of a thing, I don't think people realize that when you start getting low, when your blood start like, you know, with anemia, when you start getting to those low levels, like, and you get like the tiredness, you get the weakness, you get the irritability, you get all those things that you don't even realize are a thing that's like a side to it. Um, like I, I could imagine going into the doctor and just having them be like, what the fuck? Like, how did you actually get in here? Like, (laughs) how did you actually make it into this office? (coughs) Why are you smiling? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? Um, So the thing, so now, I mean, I'm glad, very glad that, you know, obviously it's getting taken care of and that it's getting to a point where you don't deal with that anymore. Cause that's, that is like, again, mind blowing to me, 
going through that kind of pain for that long. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't even fathom that. So I'm it's not beyond happy for I'm you. I'm trying to use my uterus. It's just like, a definitely like it's a studio apartment. So it's like, well, how can you remove the one room that's in there? But right, like, right. I don't want like stuff taken out of me. I'm like, if it's supposed to be there, just leave it there and take like the fucking extra stuff out. Like, ugh. yeah, get rid of the shitty things. Get rid of the shitty parts of it and then leave the fucking part that's supposed to be in there. Leave that like that's Yeah, fine. I, you know, I've been a, a real stickler for that. And it, I mean, I uh, paid the price, man. <laughs> like a thousand percent. But so, um, when I did get press, though, I didn't reach out to like family or anything, but I did have a friend that I uh, I don't know if you know her, Sarah Ben and Casa, and she um, has written a book. Oh, about you, you, you name drop her. You name drop her all the time, which is awesome. She she gets she, a shout out by you all the time. She gets a shout out for because like legitimately saved my life. You know what I mean? Like I went to her and I talked to her about like what I was feeling and what I was going on. And she immediately gave me resources so that I could be able to. So it is important to like share with someone that you trust that, you know, can like help you. You know what I mean? She sat and she listened to me, even though I was like, "Ugh, nobody wants to hear this. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody wants to hear that. Sure. <laughs> you know, only a therapist wants to hear that. <laughs> right. And I think that's, you know, that's something that that's one of the reasons that I did kind of want to do this show, like as a whole, like as a concept is because I think a lot of people, myself included, I had a problem with this for quite a long time with the shit that I was dealing with, where you have this feeling of being alone in whatever it is that your struggle is. And it's like, even if you happen to be unique in your actual struggle, a lot of times, even if you don't realize it, when you do reach out, there is somebody there that's going to listen to what it is that you have to say, even if it's just getting it off your chest or like letting the pressure release, because that's like, that's that's a big thing. Another thing that I struggle with, and it's from the trauma, it's from being a people pleaser and just not wanting to burden somebody with some shit that's happening with me. Whereas I take on a lot of shit and I will, I'm always that person that's like, I will listen. It's not that people aren't there to listen. It's that I'm not willing to share because it it feels like a burden. I'm like, I don't want to put a burden on somebody. I want to make them feel good, not have to listen to like me in the depths of hell. (laughs) So for real, isolate honestly and i know that that's not good so i had been isolating for a while before i reached out to um sarah and so you have to have someone that you feel safe enough to say something to when you're feeling like that yeah you and i are very similar in that sense because i'm also the same type of person that if i'm going through some shit i'm usually the person that people will talk to so like i'm the person that will have the open dms to like you know listen to people if they have some shit going on i have quite a few friends that have reached out to me for it and i'm beyond happy that they have taken advantage of me saying that like i'm glad that they've done it because i feel like it has helped them but also i've been on the same side of it where it's like if i have something going on it is very hard for me to reach out to another person and like let that stuff go out because very similar to what you said I don't like being a burden on people I don't like putting my shit on their plate like it it's this constant struggle that I've had um you know I've struggled with it through therapy too but yeah I had a the funny thing about this is in therapy I actually had a therapist so I I don't also don't think a lot of people realize sometimes when you do go through a therapy process it kind of is like a 
you have to figure out the right one for you. Like you're not just going <laughs> to, you know, you're not just going to get the first one a lot of times and just be like, you're fucking perfect for me. That's just not the way it's going to happen a lot of times. And uh, when I got the first one, I told him what my initial problems were that I wanted to work on. And dude tapped out quick. He was just like, <laughs> he was like, this is not, I'm going to need to bump you up to a supervisor because this is outside of my jurisdiction. You know, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Out of my and, pay grade. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. They got me up to somebody that's been dealing with it for a little bit longer. And luckily it's been great now. Like, you know, it's something that I deal with and I do the therapy now and it's been fun like to get like actually back to being a person and not uh, having to hold all that shit in anymore. Um, with you, like, so you said you have struggled with anxiety for a long time. What are some things that you do to kind of help that when it comes around? Cause I feel like anxiety is a huge issue for a lot of people. I mean, for me, uh, I do a trick to kind of get my brain, my right and my left brain working. And it's a trick that one of my therapists told me to do. And it was like, list three things in the room and and then list off three body parts and continue to do that and force your left and right brain to work so that it's that you're kind of breaking out of the whatever you're obsessing on. And, uh, you know, it, it does work. I tend to do it a lot in public because I won't have the opportunity to kind of have a freak out session, you know, sure. <laughs> like um, in definitely like if I'm in crowded, crowded places and I feel like that, I will start to do that and just for, kind of force my brain to get out of whatever like weird thing that I feel is a danger or like that I'm having anxiety about. That's really interesting. That's not, that's not an exercise that I've heard before, which is, that's great. I mean, that's, that's definitely not something I've heard before. And I think it's actually There's really also cool. like medication and stuff, which is also great, but like in the now and the quick, when I'm like, Oh my God, I just need to be thinking about something else. I will implement that. Sure. And, and, and it has worked for me in the past. Um, but usually it stems from me obsessing on, on one thing. It's like one thing that I, I haven't taken care of or something that I think is bad is going to happen. A lot of sure. it's about control and trying to like control things that are out of my control you know? oh yeah oh yeah i definitely know that road <laughs> well and like but it's i think it's good to, to point out like exercises and stuff to do for the in the now because sometimes honestly you can't just fucking pop you know an anti-anxiety yeah. pill in a situation you know because a lot of times i think you know people romanticize a lot of those pills but like those pills will fucking knock you out. Like sometimes you can't just drop one of those in the middle of like a social situation without being like, and now I have to go home and go to bed. Like It's, it's true. You know? And then I have such a sensitive system, <laughs> like taking pills throws me off. Like it will affect my periods. So then it's like, huh, no, wait, I can't like, so yeah. I'm very careful about what I take orally um, just because just because I'm terrified of my body and the way it reacts to like exogenous things. It just doesn't have a good response. It's like, why are you trying to put extra things in here? Like birth control was a nightmare. I can never take birth control ever. It always made things terrible. If I try to fuck with my hormones, my body's like, why are you doing this? But if you gave me crack, I'd be fine. 
weird. <laughs> my mom is actually super against birth control. And it's kind of an interesting situation with that, too, because, you know, my mom, again, has worked in medicine for as long as she has. And I have a sister who is like she's engaged to be married. So obviously her and her fiance do their thing. And my mom straight up was like, you're not taking birth control anymore. Like it fucks with you too much. It causes too many problems. So y'all are just going to have to be careful. If you make a baby, you make a baby. But like my mom was so just matter of fact about like, I don't give a fuck. If you guys like you just do what you're going to do, but you can't fucking take the birth control anymore. She's like, well, it just it's kick can beat the shit out of you my problems kickstarted with birth control where like a nonstop bleeding situation happened. And then like, when you do more and more research about what fibroids are and what causes it, like it's excess estrogen. And like, that's exactly what they're giving you in like all birth control nearly. Um, like quite frankly, the only one that's ever worked for me was the progesterone IUD Morena. And like, that's the only one that's ever not been like a situation where I'm like in the hospital needing a blood transfusion. Like right. I can't add estrogen to my body. It just grows tumors. And fucking is like, why are we doing this? <laughs> and it's like, Every single doctor and every single time I go to a doctor, they try to give me more estrogen. They're like, here, take this. This might stop your period. And I'm like, no, I'm not taking that. After, after 39 years, I know this body and I know that I'm not supposed to have estrogen in it. So if you're going to give it to me, I'm just not going to take it. I'm not yep. going to take it. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you do you remember the times when they tried to make uh, birth control like a super trendy, almost like club drug on the commercials? I think it was Yaz. I think Yaz is the one where they made it like super poppy and they had like people that were hanging out by the pool and they had just gotten back from the club and they're just openly freely talking about popping their Yaz. It's just you like your Yaz so you can just live a good life because when you can just roam free and have sex with anything, it's great. I mean, but also can't because like oh you have to you should also have to wear a condom anyways because you can't just have random sex with random people yeah yeah and then also they would have like and this was those commercials they did with a couple of different ones but yaz is always the one that just pops into my head because uh, first off the name yaz totally sounds like a street drug but also they've made it they commercialized the fuck out of it when it came out and they were one of the ones that was really good at hiding the side effects in that last part of the commercial where there were just so much visual stimulation on the commercial. And then down at the bottom, it was just like all of these things that lead to like death and just like yeah. the worst bleeding ever. They're just like, all these things could happen. But also look at these really happy, awesome people. Oh, my God. These women are all having a great life when they're not having seizures, uh, blood clots, uh, blackened urine. It's just like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, did I miss that last part? Holy shit. Um, so, um, one of the, again, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here is because you have gone through a lot of different stuff in the entertainment industry worldwide. Like you've gone through comedy, you've been a writer, you've been, you're a content creator, you've done all sorts of shit and yes. comedy is where I first originally had seen like who you were when I was like, after our interaction, that was what I had seen most from you was like different comedy things that you were doing, whether you were producing, because I know you used to produce shows in LA and you'd worked with a lot of people. And so how did you get started with the whole comedy side of it? My sister, honestly, she was friends with a bunch of comedy um, agents. And then I just started hanging out with everyone. And then, you know, like other comics are just like, you're so funny. Like, why don't you do that? <laughs> um, it's 
part of my personality. It's probably the part of my personality that I love the most. Like it's uh, something that I've cultivated. I do. I've always wanted to make people laugh. Always, always, always. Like that's my go-to defense mechanism. That's how I distract people. It's misdirection. It's like my go-to. Uh, it's the kickstand on my bike, you know, <laughs> thousand percent. and you're a legitimately funny person like in a, and I'm not like just saying that from like comedian to comedian, like just in, so yeah, interaction wise, <laughs> like just interaction wise with people, like the way I've seen you interact with people online, whether it's just like a comment here and there or like a full blown conversation, you're just, a, you are legitimately a funny person. So it's, it is something that I think comes natural to it, but it's also something that I feel like based off of the based off of the type of people that run in comedy circles i feel like it could be also a thing where it would be it would be easy to fight with people because um, the troll well, world the troll world bleeds into comedy so much like just and i, I deal with it too away with. you you know if you're in the comedy industry you know which trolls to stay away from you know which yeah. ones are gonna back down and who's gonna say like the fucking wildest shit and like come for you like i would never i, right. I know who to stay away from and who put to put in my corner and just be like if they're saying some crazy shit i ain't coming for them because like i know that there are no rules in the west okay mm-hmm. <laughs> no it's true it's 100 true people like I feel like other trolls should be, should fear me. Cause I am going to like, I am, <laughs> I, I'm a crazy person. Like have I've, I cut my own I've head? seen you, I've seen you rip people to shreds in glorious fashion in like in, and I say that with the utmost respect in the world. I, I've I mean, seen I seen you just destroy people. The time to like intellectually break someone down. But then there also are those times where I just go full blown psychopath where I'm like, I don't even care. Like, I'm going to say the craziest fucking shit because you're trying to threaten me with something. And like, legitimately, I don't care what people fucking think. Like, I had one time a guy be like, I'm going to put all your pictures on a porn site. And I was just like, yeah, go the fuck ahead. Like, basically, (laughs) I was like, I'm going to fuck you and your dog. And then I took pictures (laughs) of his family and I cut my own face out and put my face on his wife's face uh, with a picture of him and me and the dog. And I was just like, we're going to fuck this dog tonight. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, as far as when I'm trolling, I don't give a fuck about me. I don't give a fuck about you. I don't have respect for anything. I'm just out there trying to say the wildest shit until you block me. So, like, if you see me in your fucking comments and you don't want to deal with me, just block me, dude. I won't feel bad about it. Like, I want you to. (laughs) I've, I've legitimately seen people block you and then they try to make a comment afterwards where they're like, oh, yeah, she blocked me or something like this. Not like I. 100 percent of the time now that i actually know you i'm like no bitch you're the one that blocked her like you're the one that blocked her that's what happened i don't block what i i I mean i have a patent i have patented troll moves that i do because i know how the system works and i know how to get out of the system i'm very manipulative so i say whatever the fuck i want and then um i bait you into saying things that I know are against com- the community standards that we've all agreed to on any social platform. Yep. So once I see you start making these comments, you'll see me go back and start deleting mine. When you sure. see this, this is time to block me because I've already reported the things that you've said, and I am removing the things that I've said that can be reported. And that's your cue to delete your stuff, but nobody ever does it because they're not, not thinking like, oh, there's an end game to this and it's Gia giving me a timeout for like maybe 30 days. Who knows? You know? <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure there's many people have gotten full fucking blocks from that because again, the type of trolls that I think come 
come for somebody like come for somebody like you compared to somebody that is going for somebody like me when I'm going on Twitter and stuff like that. Like, I don't get too many trolls on Facebook anymore because I've kind of almost adopted your tactic where if it's like somebody I don't give a fuck about and it's just a troll, I'll just say the most outlandish, horrible shit to get them to go away. And then I'll just go back to whatever conversation I was having. Like it's they literally do not matter to me. But then when it goes to Twitter, Twitter is where it's a fucking wasteland because I will make a response to somebody's tweet, like whether it's in jest or not, but then an entire fucking army of trolls just start just ping, 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 ping. And like, it's, it's a much harder, like pool full of piranhas to navigate um when it comes to twitter because like i can start blocking people left and right but those come just like as a rush just a rush of multiple people at one time so twitter is where i have to be careful experience that i've yet to experience anyone come for me on twitter like i got rid of twitter during the pandemic and then they like deleted my whole profile and i had a shit ton of followers but i was just like during the pandemic i just really wanted to unplug from twitter so fucking bad (laughs) i do not blame you and that was such a smart move legitimately that was like I just uh, waited too long. I waited past 30 days and they just delete your whole Twitter. But it's probably a blessing in disguise. I've said some horrible things on there. No, you know, that's really funny, too, because like I went back through my Twitter one time. I don't even remember what it was. I wasn't like, first off, I'll throw this out there. I think that the whole like, quote unquote, cancel culture thing is fucking hilarious because it doesn't exist. But I've gone through things on Twitter before where I've looked at some of the shit that I've said in the past, just kind of almost as like a character study for myself, because I'm a different person now, like for sure now than I was five or six years ago, just as far as the way that I, you know, the way I think about things and just, you know, even my sense of humor, my sense of humor is still super fucked up, but I've, I've said some pretty fucked up shit five, six years ago compared to now. And I went back and I looked at a lot of that stuff And I was like, okay, I can see why people want to delete things on this because it was just like (laughs) looking at it's like, oh, fuck, this is going to be here forever if I don't delete this. Like these things got to go. But I just did a I did a thing. um, I want to say like two weeks ago, I responded to an Elon uh, Elon Musk tweet. And it wasn't even like a crazy tweet at all. It was something that he had made a mention about freedom of speech and i responded to it with a screenshot from somebody else where he had blocked them for <laughs> saying something so i was like okay but and then i posted the screenshot and i went to sleep and then i woke up in the morning and my twitter mentions were in the thousands and i was like what the fuck happened overnight <laughs> and then i looked at it and it was just a it became just this absolute fucking mob of people that were uh, very, it was weird. It was a weird cross-section of people that were like militantly pro-free speech, but also very militantly pro, uh, he can block whoever he wants. And it was just, yeah, it was like, what are you, it's like, what are you guys? Like, I don't, I don't even know what version of troll you are. Like I, I've experienced a new one. (laughs) Look, lots of people have juxtaposing like, concepts in their body and it doesn't make sense like i feel the same way about a republican woman 
because I'm like, okay, you're definitely okay uh, with somebody telling you what to do with uh, an unwanted child, but you're not okay with somebody telling you to what to do with your face and covering it. So it, nothing makes sense. Okay. Right. You can't yeah. put a mask on me, but you can tell me to have a baby when I don't want one. Yeah. It, it's so wild. It is so wild. What? Yeah, it absolutely what? is. Um, so now like, Again, you did comedy for a long time. You produced shows for a long time. You've done and now has all that stuff happened in Los Angeles or did you ever br- branch out um, outside of that to do no. any of I'm an L.A. baby. I, I mean, if I can help it, if it doesn't get like swallowed by the ocean, like I will just I will forever be a California. <laughs> like I don't like it other places. I mean, sure to visit, but like ugh, your snow, go fuck yourself. No, like, seriously, you know, I, I fucking hate the snow here. Even Brooklyn, I'm telling you, bro, I went to New York in the summer and I'd rather fucking die. Like, why is it wet? Why is everything wet? The I'm humidity. Just, it wasn't that it was shocking, <laughs> wasn't it? I was so unhappy. I look like Sammy Hagar. It was the worst. <laughs> like my hair was really fucking curly and like weirdly dyed blonde, but not everything. <laughs> like, oh my God, I look like old fat Sammy Hagar. My, my hair's My gross. parents are actually in Cabo right now partying with old fat Sammy Hagar. Like that's oh my legit- God, really? legitimately what they're doing right now. They're actually down there. Um, like today they're in Cabo at Cabo Wabo and they are partying with Sammy for his fucking birthday celebration that he does every year. Uh, they've been doing that for fucking years. I, I will say this. If you ever met my mom, you two would get along so fucking well. My mom grew up in the seventies as like a fucking roadie in the music industry. Love so it. she's like, she ha- has been a fucking friend of the rock stars forever. And I would always get texts from her from her Cabo vacation and she would be like, yeah, the concert's over and now I'm hanging out with uh, Vinnie Paul from Pantera. He's a really nice guy. And I'm like, what the fuck, mom? Like, <laughs> Throw <laughs> that out to me. That. And, and honestly, like post pandemic, that was the one thing that I really, really, really wanted to do was go see live music. Like that was and I've done it a lot because it was the one thing that I really missed. And just there's something about being in a crowd and everybody just fucking loving the music and just like moving and it's just great. I just love it. Yeah, I mean, with me doing uh, live, I do live concert photography and that's been one of the coolest things because I kind of stumbled into it because I've always been good at taking photos in general, but I stumbled into the live uh, concert photo thing completely happened chance i met somebody that works with tenacious d randomly in new york and made the connection with them and blah 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 blah. and then i had been taking pictures of a local band in new york for like a year and a half at that point and i had developed a really good portfolio and then tenacious d came to brooklyn and so i hit up that person that i had met and i was like hey do you mind if i come do the you know come do photos at the show just for my own portfolio i'm not like this is not for money or anything and they were like, ah, fuck it. Looks like you know what you're doing. Come do it. So I did. And then from that point on, that was like the thing that I could use to talk to PR agents and like touring managers and shit and be like, hey, can I come do photos? And that's what took me to LA the last time I was there because I was doing do a bunch of free. What's up? Do you get into shows for free? You do. You get into the show for free and you get a photo pass. Um, so the photo pass lets you go to the photo pit, which is the very, very, very front row. That's like right up against the stage. So you you go up to there, you get to do photos for like four 
songs usually and then you just have an open ticket to you know general admission ticket to do whatever the fuck you want I love um, that. and it's really cool like yeah it's amazing but then like there's something that's interesting about certain shows because sometimes you'll get into like um places in new york like webster hall irving plaza a lot of the bigger venues they'll definitely have a photo pit but then if you go to a place like whiskey a go-go oh, amazing yeah, no. photogenic amazing photogenic venue but it's fucking like it's a free-for-all so yeah you know <laughs> you bring two thousand dollars worth of camera gear in there to take pictures like you got to fucking fight with people that are up there at that front you know absolutely Completely i mean i different. just I went to the Fonda and I saw um, Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, when they were here like a couple, I want to say a couple weeks ago. It was amazing. I'm, I missed it as much as you did. Like the live, live music has been a part of my life for so long and it's something I missed dearly. Oh my and... God. Have you heard of Mark Ribier? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I went to, I went to one of his live shows. It was fucking incredible. He's so good. And he's he's one of those people that is so good that it infuriates me. <laughs> I'm just it just it's such a turn on. Yeah. I don't even care if that man's 411. I want to marry him. I've seen it. I have totally seen it online. You you have you have I your obsession. So yeah. I know. And he responds to me on Instagram and I feel like the prettiest girl in the world i'm like oh my god mark Rubier loves me and i love him back and we're gonna have babies inside the uterus that i have to have surgery on oh you know it's really funny i use his so this also goes back to depression one of my whenever my friends are having a sad whenever they're having a bad day and they're feeling they're feeling you know the depression coming on and they're having a shitty day i will always tell them have you ever heard the flamingo song every time I'm like, have you heard the flamingo song? They're like, what the fuck is the flamingo song? And I'm like, send. (laughs) And then as soon as I send it to them, they just fucking die laughing. And they're like, I don't know what the fuck I just watched, but I feel so much better now. I'm like, every time it works every single time. Go to a live show. I have yet to be able to see him live and I want to see him live very badly. He's no. one of the, he's one of the ones that I would for sure want to do photos of because that's another thing that's interesting. If you go to certain shows, there's some people that are very, very photogenic on stage and there's he some is. people. He seems like he would be. He really he's seems like he would be. He's got a private photographer that takes photographs of him. And I don't know if you've been to his page, but the photographs of him are fucking amazing. Yeah. He's so animated. Like, it's just... Like he's got so much movement. He's always like moving. So when he catches these photos, like they're just prime time. And it is a vibe. Like it's a vibe you cannot escape inside of there. And it's all being created right then. It's like such a special moment. That's it's nothing that you've ever heard before, but you cannot help but make your body move. You're just like, I don't even care who's next to me. I'm just grinding. Oh, I'm sure. It it seems like the fucking coolest show. He's one of the ones that I, like I said, I really wanted to take photos of him because he, his show reminds me of what Andrew WK's show was. Cause when I went and saw Andrew WK, I've like, I've been a fan of him for like years, like back in fucking high school and shit. So when I saw his show, I had no idea what to expect. And it turns out that he is full blown cocaine energy for the entire show and i don't think he i don't even think he's on coke i think he just naturally has that energy through the whole show he's one of those dudes that doesn't take a break between songs it just is 
it's just a fucking bullet train the whole way through but he's yeah. so animated that the pictures that you get from him and also he's ripped and like he always wears just the tight white t-shirt that looks like he just walked out of a fucking roadhouse bar but like the pictures rule because he's always flexing he's always his hair is always whipping back and forth and he's always being super animated with his face so you always get those cool pictures from it yeah and i feel like mark would be very similar Yes. Like with the animated face, the flexing, the whole, like the whole nine. I feel like it would be very similar. Boyfriend's got body. He does. I'm just like, oh my God. He's he feels like you know, like it's a sleeper, you know, like you wouldn't expect it. But I feel like as soon as the shirt comes off, you're like, oh shit. <laughs> like, oh shit. <laughs> like, take that shirt off. Loop daddy. Go, 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 go. I love yeah. it. So do you do any production or anything anymore? Do you do anything with the comedy industry anymore? Or are you just focusing uh, mostly on your content creation? I was, you know, now, right now, I, since the, since the pandemic, like that kind of killed everything that I was doing as far as like comedy went. And I really was feeling inauthentic over, there's just, there is a relationship between like somebody on stage and an audience. And it is, turns into a completely different medium when it's done through like Zoom or whatever. It's not the same. You're not getting the reaction. You're not feeling the energy. So it's it actually turns into something different and, and that wasn't my thing. So I just, I didn't delve into that at all. And I just pivoted into content creation and OnlyFans, and it was incredibly profitable. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> of course it was. Of course it was. So I actually want to get into that a little bit because I remember right when the whole OnlyFans journey started because the reason I remember this is because at first you were very hesitant towards it. And I think it was, I think the reason that you were hesitant towards it, if I remember correctly, it was because you said that you had body image issues and you weren't, uh, you weren't ready to put it all out there because you would definitely post stuff on, you know, on social media that would be for lack of a better term, thirst traps. And, Uh you know, the fucking people would flock right to those. They would be <laughs> very about those. Um, and rightfully so. I mean, you're, you know, again, you're a very, very attractive person. So people would go right to those posts. But I do remember when people kept on like pushing you to do an OnlyFans, you you were pretty hesitant to it at first. I mean, in it is tied to body image issues because in my mind, I'm like, who would pay for that? Like, I just don't understand. Like, I... um just in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's not, is that worth something to someone? You know, sure. <laughs> like, um, I see all of the flaws and all of the things that I'm like, oh, gross, or I don't like that, or I don't know. And so, you know, I'm not a 22 year old, even though like, I don't look like I'm 39 years old. I'm also like 39. <laughs> so sure. it's just all sorts of things, all sorts of judgments, I think that I was making about myself. And then um, I had my friend who has a really successful OnlyFans page. Her name is Sarah Rollins. And she FaceTimed me one morning, like super early. And like, it, it must have been like six o'clock in the morning. And she's like changing her shirt and she looks beautiful and her hair is done. And she's just like talking a mile a minute and just being like, Jay, you just need to do this. You're already making this art and it's art. It's, so don't even worry about it. And like, just continue to take these pictures and I'll give you like my layout for what I do for my page. You could just copy it and I'll, you know, 
know, give you a rundown of how to like do the whole thing and like, just trust me. And I was like, okay. And, um, I used her layout for everything and I just like started making content and, it just kind of took off from there. And I just have like my, you, you have your core followers that are like steady followers of you. And then people like pop in and out. And uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. Like, I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. I am um, like a super sex positive person and I'm like, just, I would just never shame anyone for anything. I'm just like, there's somebody and something out there for you. And like, if you're, if you want something and you're looking for a specific type of sex, like, don't be ashamed to share it with your partners and like, just get out there and be weird and like, allow somebody to share that with you. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a good thing to talk about too, because I've, um, I've got a lot of friends actually that do only fans. Um, and it's friends that have been, I've made through comedy friends that are like former school friends people that I've met throughout the industry and stuff like, and I'm also friends with like legit straight up porn stars. Like I've been friends with people from all walks of life in the entertainment industry. And I actually started comedy in the Pacific Northwest. So when I was doing comedy in Seattle and Portland, there was a big bleed over of the performance of the performers between comedy and the exotic dancers right uh in portland especially so if you've never been to portland portland um is very weird of course just that's a thing that people say about portland it's very <laughs> true but it's also got more strip clubs per capita than any other city in the united states and it is the most sex positive place i have ever experienced in my entire life by leaps and bounds so when people are doing exotic dancing, Portland is one of the most lucrative places that you can do it, even if you're like somebody's just traveling through to do it. Um, so I met a lot of people that I retained friendships with. Um, and when the pandemic hit, a lot of them transitioned over to OnlyFans. Right. And it just there ended up being a lot of people that were doing it. And I think it's good that more people are open to it now because there isn't there is totally not anything wrong with it. It's actually a very safe way to um you know to indulge in whatever it is that you're into um, I just, it I also to almost like a girlfriend experience because like i that's what i do for like my partners with they're into it and they want like me to send them sexy things like basically it's just me trying to convince them all day long to like quit their job and come home and fuck me right like, yeah so that it's just like how <laughs> it doesn't bother me. I don't know. I was making content just for one person. You know? sure. And honestly, if you have a partner that's okay with it, I think it's great because again, it's kind of one of those things that I think when OnlyFans came out, it was weird because when it first started to get popularity, there was a lot of people like we go back to the trolling thing. There was a lot of people that really tried to shame it. And there's still people that are like the underbelly of people that do that. But oh. that shaming got shut the fuck down so quick. Like I had, it really I did started only fans. I had a boyfriend, um, that was just, he said it was okay. And then he flipped and then it was like, just a nightmare. Like he called me a slut. He called me a whore, like just top to bottom, just like, you have to get rid of this. Like, and I was like, in a, I, I was in a spot where I was just miserable. Cause I was like, I, 
want to post this content and like be free to be who I am and do whatever I want, but I'm not trying to hurt this person. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, it ended up not working out, <laughs> but I'm like now, I am now dating somebody that is totally okay with it. And like so many times I've been like, please like just communicate with me how you're feeling and like what your boundaries are, because like, I want to know, you know, like you want to respect the person that you're with, but yeah, he's always just been super cool about it. And like, you know, I'm just open to like experiencing all of the wonderful pleasures in life with my partner. So that's like, what it should be. That's open what it should be to about. Those, I'm like, yeah, I would love to go. Like I, during post pandemic, I did go to a sex party. Oh yeah. How was that? Um, it was fun. Uh, it was, I wish I had gone with a partner because I think I would have just been way more comfortable. Oh, you went like, by yourself. I did go by myself. It was okay. a bold choice. It was a bold choice. So like I didn't know anyone um, like, and I felt like it would have been more of an experience and a connection if I had somebody that I was with that I really, you know, was into. And then it was like all of this additionally, you know what I'm saying? Instead of, because it does take me a second to kind of form a connection with somebody. And once I do have that connection, like it, there's just a free flowing sexual energy and and I'm comfortable with whatever, but there is something about me where I kind of want to know the person a little bit. I guess sure, of course. <laughs> I have like a deep connection, of course, like there's random, pleasurable, meaningful sex, but also like there's this other aspect. And I think I was, I kind of wanted that. So in the future, I, I would want to bring a partner that, you know, I'm connected with and, and then have that share that experience with them. Yeah. And I agree with that too. Like interesting side story to that me and the co-host of the show, uh, Lauren, her and I dated for a long time. Um, and we actually moved to New York together and she's actually married now, um, to another really good friend of mine. And it was kind of like, I guess the best breakup possible because we're best friends and she's fucking like totally married to this dude that I've been friends with even longer than I was friends with her. Um, you know, awesome situation. We co-produce shows together. Like, couldn't have ended in a better fucking way possible. And when we were in Portland, uh, one thing that we actually did is we went to a swingers club in Portland, a sex club in Portland that at the time, um, I can't remember what it was called, um, but it's not open anymore, unfortunately. But the thing about it is that when you go into a club like that, I don't think even if somebody tells you what the experience is like, I don't think you're ready for it because right. <laughs> like, it's a shock. Like it's a shock in the sense that like it's not shocking in the sense of like just the sexual aspect of it because again i grew up on the internet so i've seen every type of porn you could probably think of but when you go there and you see people just freely and openly being just carefree about their sexuality i we're so conditioned in outside of that like in society to not be okay with that that when you walk into it, it's just like oh these people don't give a fuck like they're just enjoying it they're just having fun Right. And just they're into their shit. And this place was cool because it had different floors. And like the farther you went up on the higher floors, the kinkier it got. And it was on purpose. <laughs> it was totally on purpose. It was like the bottom floor was like the stripper clay cage. The bar was there. That was like the hangout area. And then the second floor had like an orgy bed and it had these rooms that you could like fuck in and open a window if you wanted people to watch. And then on the third and fourth floor, it was like the BDSM rooms and shit. So it was just like it, it got, you know, wilder as he went up there. But one thing about it is that it was super safe. Yes. Like, super safe. 
Yes. Um, I don't know what the experience was as a single, you know, as a person going there by yourself. But when we went to this one, like people were respectful. They would walk up and they would ask, like, if it was clear, if it was clear that her and I were together, people would walk up and they would ask both of us if it was okay, if anything was being done with one of us. You know what I mean? Right. Right. It was super respectful. And they also had bouncers that were like so quick to be on dudes that were being even the slightest bit creepy to a woman. Like if a dude came up and asked a girl uh, like, you know, came up and like asked them if they wanted to have sex or asked them if they wanted to do whatever. And they said no. And the guy asked a second time. The bouncer was like up their ass. It was like, yo, she said no. Fuck off. Like it was very quick. So like there weren't bouncers like in it was super safe. And they did like ask me what I was comfortable with and like what what they could and could not do um I, because like when you first walked into this place they had like the suspension it was geared towards BDSM I would say like sure. mostly um which I'm into so like I switch I like to be in charge I like to let someone else you know it's I'm into it mm-hmm. I love a power game <laughs> like so um I did let them they they had like professional gentlemen there that just were art artists as far as like tying goes so they had the ropes and um they asked me if I was okay with it like what they could and could not do and they were super respectful and I was tied up so I couldn't stop them you know (laughs) (laughs) but they um they respected all of my boundaries and it was a fun experience that I was you know I wanted to go to one so I was just like what, what is happening here um it was like uh members only situation yeah so, that's like, what this one was too yeah it was members only but then you can buy in as a male you have to you have to like send in an application but like you can buy it it's expensive you know <laughs> like but you could go there if you weren't a member but you still have to like send in an application and the whole nine yards yeah that's the way it was with this which i was kind of i thought it was kind of cool and it was also very um, clear what the target was with the club because if you were a woman and you were going in there as a single woman um, not in a couple you would pay I can't remember exactly what it was but it was on the lower end if you weren't like a full-blown member and then if you were a single man that was going to come in there to do it the price was like three times as high so yeah. it was very clear that it was like, all right, dudes are probably going to come in here just to like jerk off or try to be like at least somewhat creepy. So we're going to fucking hike that price up yeah, the to make sure that only the ones that are serious are the ones that are coming in. You know, I didn't have to pay to get in. Um, I don't think I would have. <laughs> Which Good for you. That's good. <laughs> good for you on that one. Um, I'm like, the women were so beautiful and delicious and soft and lovely. And like, um, I made quick connections with like all of the women. I'm sure. I'm sure just you did. It, I don't know why that's easier. It's just like women are just so like welcoming and like, mm-hmm, they want to give you a hug and you're just like, Oh, okay, great. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's cause dudes are weird. Like, I mean, I, I obviously I am a guy, you know, but I've also been a guy my whole life and I've grown up with guys my whole life. Dudes are weird. It just the one, especially when it comes to energy like that, it just is. I've noticed it many times throughout the years, especially dealing with anything that has to do with very free sexuality. Like they just dudes are weird. 
they're just not as welcoming it just i think like it for me i thought that like a lot of them were just kind of like like in their heads a little bit that's what it is yeah yeah a lot of it just like anticipating instead of just being in that in the moments before where i'm like we can make a connection here we could actually have a conversation (laughs) right and also you know it was kind of weird when i was in the when we were in the sex club in portland there was dudes walking around where you could tell that they were trying really 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 hard not to get a hard on and it was like (laughs) you realize the place that you're in it's kind of okay to just the purpose of it sort of a thing that you can just walk around and have there buddy like you this is the place (laughs) that you don't have to force that down that's okay (laughs) yeah so i mean i did do that during after the pandemic too i went a little wild like being a caged animal uh i was i i got out and i was just like oh my god i have to do stuff i have to try stuff yeah absolutely (laughs) so are you uh now with uh with what you're doing now um, with your content creation, with your OnlyFans, and like I've been very open about the fact that I push people to your OnlyFans account a lot because I think it's great to support people that I'm friends with that are doing that. Because I mean, let's be very honest, you're putting in a lot of fucking work on yeah. that on those things. Like it, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy, um, especially because I have not been feeling well. <laughs> yeah. So I've I felt like. Um, guilty super guilty because i'm just like in a hospital bed i'm like what what do you you really want like sexual hospital stuff like i just can't (laughs) yeah it's like yeah you want like bandages on me and then just like a little nipple off to the side like what do you want like like, it's very weird you want me to like what do you want (laughs) it's literally the question what do you want (laughs) about not being able to like produce as much content because like prior to being sick like i would put out several like videos and do private videos like all week and like now i've kind of whittled it down to like a couple days a week where i will just film um and it's set like that just because like i am exhausted and i've had surgeries and i'm just trying to get better and like i have one more surgery coming up and then i'll be back in like a mode of just like work 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 but sure i i can't do it if i'm not like if I can't get out of bed, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you shouldn't be expected to. And that was actually a question that I had about it because I have seen this with other friends and stuff that will have, um, you know, situations where health issues come up or they're just not feeling good or whatever. Um, I have, I'm actually a pretty good friends with a handful of uh, suicide girls. And a lot of them do, um, do OnlyFans as well. And there's also some that do comedy as well. And I've seen with them, there's times where they aren't feeling good and they'll literally just put it out on their timeline, like on their OnlyFans timeline or whatever you call it. They'll just legitimately say, Hey, I'm not feeling well. I'm probably not going to be on here for the next, you know, X amount of time. Um, I didn't forget about you guys, you know, or whatever it is that they put. And the response to it seems to be really well. Have you noticed that being your experience? Yeah. I mean, nobody got upset or anything. I was trying to like, at least post some like, archive stuff or like old stuff they might not have seen you know what i'm saying like just not trying to make it like not boring sure <laughs> for them and like make sure that they're feeling like okay this is definitely worth like the price for admission you know <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely a real a real like, woman for the people <laughs> i'm not trying to rip anyone off i want them to be like well damn that was worth it you know <laughs> right a thousand percent no i mean it really it legitimately is a business you know at this point uh, especially if it's something that you put as much work as you do into it and also the type of videos that you and the type of content that you make 
um you know with your stuff because i know you you'll post like teaser stuff on social media um that's like obviously the stuff that's safe for social media you know you're not right. throwing out your full content on instagram right. but you do stylized stuff like you cool yes. you do cool video effects you do like coloring effects you do you do all sorts of cool shit yeah um i do i mean like that's what it like gets me going like a look and like um a style and kind of a feel that's like different so that's what gets me going so i like to i put my energy towards that and then the video creation comes after that so i am a former makeup artist i do like to do different i like to look a little bit different every time it's just fun i it's that's the part that is just my favorite. I used to do it when I would go out, like, and I would go out nearly every night. And so it's like a different look. And I just get so into that. Like I'm a fashion bitch. No. Yeah. I, I honestly, I remember that even from way before, like even yes. from like from the first time I had actually gotten to know you, that's something I remember even from back then you were always big into like the fashion stuff or like, you know, the different makeup and the like, or different glasses or like different like looks and legitimately dress a thousand people in a thousand different outfits that's how many clothes i have i don't doubt that at all <laughs> not even a little bit leftover clothes and you'd be like wow really gia and i'd be like yeah i just like can't seem to even when i clean it out and i get rid of like bags and bags of stuff like i'll still look in my closet and be like well i still have over five thousand items like why jesus Ugh. christ do you have a mariah carey closet <laughs> It is a nightmare. There are clothes everywhere. And my closet is massive and it is full. Like there's clothes stacked at the top. There's all of the clothes that are hung up. There's clothes in drawers. There's just clothes everywhere. I just, I have so many clothes. I, I need a bigger, I need, I, or I need a downsize or I just need a bigger closet. And a bigger I feel like, I mean, I mean, honestly, listen, you're going to, you're being lucrative on OnlyFans. So at this point, you know, just get another closet, get a better closet, a bigger closet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's really what it is. I right, get a bigger closet because then you have more outfits and then you can make more money, et cetera, et cetera. This is how right. that works. Um, so do you think OnlyFans has helped with your mental health stuff? Um, I would say that what OnlyFans has done for me is to be more accepting of the parts of my body that I'm so critical of because there's so many people that are worshiping it. <laughs> like, sure. Why would I be so horrible to it or, or say such horrible things when I see certain things that I don't like about myself? So like, I am definitely a person that does negative self-talk. It's sure. one of the major things when I first started therapy that they were like, that's the number that one thing as a therapist that we think you should work on. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, a journey. Like I definitely have grown and it's, it's become easier and it's something like that isn't like automatic. Now when I look in the mirror, I want to say something terrible about myself. So sure. yeah, I would say that that's what it's done really for me is to appreciate like the body and, and, you know, mind and everything that I have to offer. Cause it's, there is something like, even though I didn't believe it, there is something there. And, and so like, I can, I can own that and it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, OnlyFans is definitely something that is empowering, I think for a lot of people. Yes. And I, I really do feel if that's the case. Have you found that to be the case with you? I feel like sexuality in general for me has been something that I am empowered by. I, uh, 
yeah, I, I find a power behind it. I like it. I love to be sexy and like, uh, I, I don't know, I find it powerful. So I, that's where the photographs originated. Like just basically me wanting to feel powerful and taking these photographs that I thought were artistic. Yeah, know, absolutely. Sexual. <laughs> Listen, you're. I will say, in the early days, the thirst traps that you post were impressive. <laughs> they were. Uh, they, they would <laughs> definitely be ones that would get people going. They so were elite. That's yeah. So really, were they were top tier, and like the the social media is full of thirst traps, and this was like definitely like top top five percent for sure. Like, 100%. I got in really big trouble on OnlyFans for posting that photograph. I don't know if you saw it. I recreated actually a photograph that someone sent me, and it was like me with an, a makeshift ankle bracelet, and I had a bunch of flour that looked like cocaine. There was like cigarettes. Oh yeah. Like I was drinking out of a bottle and um, I it looked like a fucking that. album cover. <laughs> Dude, it, I, it was the most fun that I've had in a very long time taking photographs because like there was so many little details that I got to kind of create. Like I used a, a fire stick like plug in for to be like a fake like ankle bracelet. <laughs> like yeah. I made all of the stuff in the photograph like I put it all together and like created piles of flour that were cocaine but then when I put it on OnlyFans it was more like they thought that I was selling cocaine sure. <laughs> I, I didn't even think about it I was just like wow this is an incredibly artistic photo and I really want to share it with everyone and then like they slammed my account they shut it down they like removed content that I didn't even know was going against community standards. They removed a video of me in the hospital. I wasn't even nude. I like, I wasn't even doing that. I was just telling people, Hey, I'm in the hospital. I don't know why they removed it, but they were like, it's so weird. It's, it was so weird. <laughs> that really is weird. It's like, listen, we don't care what you put in your holes, but don't you dare. Don't and you dare. <laughs> they sent me an email saying, we don't think that this is you. We think this is someone else pretending to be you you have to send us like a photograph of you holding your id and i was like okay but i was like what do you mean yeah yeah that is weird that's also like a weird standard um because i've again i have a lot of friends on OnlyFans, and a lot of them are very specific um kink based and yeah. I've seen some weird shit <laughs> that they do on it on OnlyFans. So yeah. to think to think that a video of you walking in the hospital is something that's against their standards. That's odd. I'm like, I was trying to think if maybe there was like a label in there that I didn't have rights to or something. I don't know. Like, like a copywritten thing or some shit. Something. I don't know. Maybe I was wearing I was wearing a hat that said roast and destroy, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. Um, is a coffee hat. But I'm, I just was like, maybe it was because of the hat. I don't feel like roast and destroy is throwing out copyright infringement claims. I don't people. know. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think of what it was, but like, I didn't say anything like scandalous in it other than like, I'm dying. Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That is, that is definitely a strange one. Um, so here's the last thing I want to mention about OnlyFans Cause now that you've been doing it for a little while um, and you've been doing it through the pandemic and you have a lot of experience with it now, and also, like, your experience has ramped up, like, you know, on the platform. Um, <laughs> if anybody is on the fence about creating an OnlyFans, um, what would be your advice to them? A, for doing it, but also, B, what would be your advice for things to watch out for? 
Um, if there's anything, there may not be anything that pops into your head. As far as like watching out for something, like once you create your page, you are, you just really have to be sensitive to the user agreement, I would say. And to like, know like the, because they can shut your account down and just keep the money that's in there. They don't give it to you when they just take away, they don't give you your money. They're just like, your account's down and whatever you didn't transfer out. You're like, fuck. That's no, what I was Sorry. Yeah. yeah. They're just like, we can, we can just take it back and like send all your money back to where it came from. And I'm like, but don't, (laughs) but I want that money. Yeah. Yeah. But I worked hard for that money and give it back. (laughs) Like, so I had looked up that stuff and that's what sort of like freaked me out because I did not know that you couldn't post fake drugs on OnlyFans. So like, I would say read the user agreements so that you don't end up in a situation where you're like possibly they're going to keep your money or send it back to somebody. So this is um, one of the few times where you should read the user agreement before you click. I yeah, accept. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> user agreement. And then as far as like setting it up, if it's something that you're comfortable with and you want to do, and you've talked to like your partner and like, it's not something that's gonna like implode your world. Like I, I would encourage you to do it. And it doesn't even have to be anything incredibly scandalous. Like, honestly, Like, this is the stuff that I'm not willing to show people for free. Right. And like, and wherever you're comfortable with, you can draw that line. Like, that's the great thing about it is that you are the director, the producer, the writer, like you decide what content you want to put out there. Like, and, but people get to decide if they want to pay for that. So (laughs) make it interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Or, um, you know, if all else fails, show your butthole. I feel like that's that's the answer to all of them. If all else fails, show your butthole, right? Show your butthole. I always yeah. say that. Um, I'm just like, is this a situation where at the end of it, we're going to have to sell our buttholes on the corner? And, <laughs> you know, that reminds, would, that reminds like, me very much no. of the old Doug Stanhope joke where he talks about people having to uh, go out on the corner because of the economy. They have to sell their asshole now. Yeah, basically. Like, gotta just go like, out and sell and gotta go out and sell the butthole. That's the kind of partner I am. I'm just like, I'm committed to you in the, in a different way. It's just like, if we get in a situation where we need to sell our buttholes on the street corner, it's a, we, it's not just a you. Okay. So like, I will help you. Yeah. I'm out there also selling my butthole and we will get through this. I feel like if there's no more dedication, it's that, that is the dedication (laughs) right there. So that's power of love. I am, I'm really happy to hear that, uh, things are turning around for you mental health wise and that, uh, you know, that you've, you've been doing your therapy thing and absolutely go to therapy, like grow and like be different. You don't have to be the same person. You don't have to be plagued by the same things that you've always been plagued by. It is okay to be sad. It is okay to be upset, like validate your own feelings and like go and talk to somebody like not all of our parents did it right. And they gave us some pretty shitty examples of what relationships should be like. And if you're suffering through some like traumatic relationships or you're suffering through it, get to the root of why live a happy life. Don't let people like abuse you and like, don't let anyone shame you into like not finding care for yourself. Cause there is a whole generation of fucking people before us that just thought like going to therapy means that you're crazy. Yeah. I fucking love that. And, and it doesn't 
asking that. It just means that you're willing to address your problems. And that's way more enlightened than somebody just, that's just willing to be like rooted in all their deep seated trauma and fuck everybody else's life up. It's like the most selfless thing you can do is helping yourself. Yeah. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. And I think, uh, you know, I think also to cap that off, like, you know, it's, it's okay to, it's okay to love yourself, you know, it's okay to not have to not have to be chained to your past, you know? Yeah, it's okay. It's not only okay, it is essential that you love yourself. You must love yourself. You have to find a way. And if you're doing things that you're like, oh, I don't love that about myself, then you can change it. You're the only person that can. Like anybody can change. Was I a shitty person? Have I done horrible things in my past? Yeah, but those shitty things propelled me. They were a catalyst for me to change. Be like, dude, I don't want to be that person. Like, yeah, I like pleasure, but I don't like hurting people. So like, yeah, I'll disclose like all the information that I need to in order for people to feel comfortable. Like it's okay to feel pleasure. It's not okay to cause other people pain because of it. Absolutely. That is a, uh, that is a perfect wrap up for this Gio. Thank you very much. Honestly. Um, Absolutely. Thank you for coming on and being so open about everything. It's, you know, that's kind of, that's the thing that we wanted to do with this show is uh, talk about our experiences. Cause hopefully, honestly, at the end of the day, really what the whole point of the show is sure. Of course, we're going to entertain people. We're going to have fun with it, but really the hope is that even one person listening to the show today, um, you know, when we release this, uh, even one person listening to it, if it helps them with even one of their struggles, then the success, you know what I mean? Yeah, That's I really agree. what it's about. So, um, you know, I couldn't appreciate you more for coming on and being open about this and just having this conversation, this frank conversation with us about it. And um, where can people find you on the Internet? Where can they look Every- for you? Everywhere at the Gia Monster. So you, you can find me on Instagram. That's where you can find me on OnlyFans. That's where you can find me on Twitter. Why would you find me on Facebook? That place is dying. Stay away from there. That's cool. But um, <laughs> you can find me Gia Cognata. But most of those places, I have a weird shadow ban thing going on. I don't even think you, for a while you couldn't search for me on Facebook because I got in trouble for yelling at someone. Um, sometimes I, still, I, I still see your stuff on Facebook pop up. So you're not like fully shadow banned. But dude, they put they told me at the bottom. They gave, every time I went to my profile, it says you are being put at the bottom of the list for people to look at. Yeah, yeah. The restrictions. Yeah. yeah. And this is gonna last for fucking 30 days. And I was like, great, whatever. <laughs> it's such a weird platform now because I, I also have had that thing where I pop onto my own profile and look at my own profile to like change something, and I have the restriction thing across the bottom of it. I'm like why the uh, fuck can't I go live for 30 days? I haven't gone live in two years. What the oh fuck my God, are you doing? I haven't been able to go live on Instagram for like two years. They're just, they just keep jamming it up my ass. They're like, yeah. wrong. You can't post that. Wrong. Wrong. Ugh, you don't get to fuck. go live. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, whatever. I'll go live on my other account. Fuck yeah. So at the Gia monster and that's on, that's at everything. That's, tw- that's, that's Instagram. That's OnlyFans. That's uh, and definitely fucking go to her OnlyFans. Like I tell people that privately and I'm telling all of you publicly here, go to her OnlyFans. It, fucking it gets rules. pretty naughty. It does. I'm not going to lie. There's she put, just, she puts in a lot of fucking work in there. <laughs> I do. I have fun with it. <laughs> I As mean, I'm should. a fan of uh, giving myself pleasure. And if you want to watch it, go ahead. <laughs> also is there anybody else you want to shout out on OnlyFans for other um, uh, other creators that you're friends with or anything 
my friend Sarah Rollins, my friend Lily Moon. Um, I have who else? There's also, gosh, Jen. I think it's at Meet Jen on Instagram, M E A T. Yeah, Jen, she's on OnlyFans. Uh, who else? Gosh, those are my top three babies. So Sweet. I would. <laughs> yeah i always i always like to ask that with only fans creators because i know there's a lot of camaraderie with uh with creators on that platform especially i've seen that a lot because that seems to be one of those ones especially that's like obviously you know all of you want as much viewership and as much subscribership as possible but it does seem like there's there's a really tight camaraderie between a lot of creators on that platform so it's a uh, you know it's always something i like to i like to see yeah, that with people shouting others out we collab with each other. It's like, it's like a community. And, um, I'm always, I always want to like hype, hype everyone up. So I'm like, yeah, these are, these are beautiful people creating like interesting and different content and everybody's content is different. And that's why there is like a little tiny space for just about everyone. Hell yeah. Well, this has been the Traumedy Hour. And remember, guys, if you have anybody out there, if you guys have any problems or if you're feeling the pressure of the world being what it is right now, because it's fucking wild out there, um, you can always reach out to me on Instagram at uh, Jonas Barnes Comedy on Instagram. You can always shoot me a DM. Uh, They're always open, even if you just need to vent. If you literally just need to message me and do some emotional brain vomit to get it out of your system, I don't give a fuck. Do it light up my dms i don't care um if it helps you out then that's all that matters to me uh same thing on facebook it is a cesspool i don't like it but i do go on there for a lot of comedy promotion and photography promotion so i am on it more than i would like to be uh but it's the same thing uh look up jonas barnes on facebook chances are my profile picture is going to be a sleep paralysis demon uh which is basically guy fieri and will uh willem dafoe as one person and it fucks with people and i'm probably going to keep it there forever because it really fucks with people uh so that's going to be my uh, my profile picture on there uh same thing shoot me a message anytime you want i don't care and i'll respond to it um pretty much every time unless you're an asshole then i probably won't respond to it and i will let you just vent out whatever it is that you need to vent out uh aside from that um definitely like we were talking before if you feel like you possibly need therapy make the jump it really does help. It, uh, it does help and it helps to talk out your problems. Um, it helps to, you know, to get help and it's okay to get help. It's, it very much is okay to do it. And I really do recommend it. Um, so if you, uh, if you listen today, I hope you got something out of it today. It was fun. Gia, thank you so much for doing the show today. And uh, as of course, of course. And as we said before, the Gia Monster on everything. Go check it out. We'll be back next week at the Traumedy Hour. Thank you guys so much for listening.